0: of treason, the angry one, Jeff Kaufman. Oh, happy Sunday. I hope you're doing well. I hope you're doing great. Hope everything's going good for you. I've got a special thank you to the throw out there to uh, Anthony Hernandez in a last-ditch effort last night. I'm not, you know, I'm not bashful right now. I have no reason to be bashful. You may know, may not know. I caught COVID about a month and a half ago, and only went back to work last week. We are so far behind on bills; it's impossible to even describe. So, uh, In a last-ditch effort, I, I threw something out on Twitter asking for help. I was actually kind of pissed off because I read we donated over $80 million after Ruth Bader Ginsburg died to Democratic politicians, which, you know, I'm all for donating to Democrats, don't get me wrong, but it's just during this time and age when so many people are suffering, you'd think maybe people would turn to go fund me and try to find a, a family that... You know, might be about to be evicted, and help them instead. You know what I mean? That's just the way I think. Well, I went to bed last night, woke up this morning, and uh, Anthony sent me sixty dollars on Venmo, Venmo. <laughs> I've never used it before. I actually downloaded it, installed it last night. It was the first I've never had it before. And he said, "Well, if you can DM me that." And anyways, I just wanted to say thank you, Anthony. You have no idea how much that helps. Um, I was sitting there last night Just going through what we had left in the bank Whatever we had left for finances Which wasn't anything at all And just trying to figure out How the hell I'm going to get to work all week next week And I'm not someone that likes to beg Or ask for help But I was at that point where it's like I got $10 literally to my name $5 in one bank account And $5 in the other bank account I don't want the bank to close my accounts If I take the money out So I'm kind of like, what do I do? I mean, I could close one account and that'd be fine. I, I could live with that. I don't want to close a, a, the other account, but then again, it's just five how dollars. How the hell am I gonna make five dollars last for gas? That's all I was worried about. So I just wanted to say thank you, Anthony, and I, I, I promise I, I'll I'll pay you back or I'll pay it forward, whatever you whatever you you, you suggest. It's just you know, I mean, I, I just can't believe. I went to bed, freaking worried, worried to death, and woke up this morning, blessed. And uh, Anthony, I, uh, it was it was a huge surprise, and I thank you so much, man. I really do. I think I woke up at 2:30 in the morning, with my phone going off, and I, I was too tired to really look at the notices and stuff, and it just said, uh, Anthony wants to add you as a friend on uh, Venmo, and I was like, okay, you know, and I went back to bed. <laughs> So I have some really good news today. I'm going for an interview. Hopefully for an executive chef position or something along those lines. Supposed to be there at 1.30. I'm leaving the house a little extra early. I need to go grab some bread for the house real quick, run it back by the house. um, and then go. I I have a job. I'm working as a well driller and geothermal driller it's just not it's not up my alley it's it's, i didn't wake up one day and go oh i'd really like to be a well driller it was a job it was an opportunity to make money it was an opportunity to make money for my family so i took it and i I applied myself to it 110 percent every time i went into work and when i got sick with covid you know it was just kind of like oh well jeff's gone (laughs) I still have the job, and I go back to work again Monday, but this isn't what I want to do for a living. And I was an executive chef for 18 years, almost. I think it was close to 18 years. And I had to give it up when I became a single parent. Um, And that was tough, because I always loved being a chef. To me, the culinary world and being an artist are two of the same things, except your palate just happens to be food. Not a paintbrush or a pencil or graphic media So I made a choice while I was out with COVID To put out some applications Into the culinary world to see what would happen And I've had two phone calls And I'm set up for an interview on a Sunday And I'm happily going in And I can't wait to get in there And I can't wait to hopefully get a job offer And I can't wait I just, I can't wait it's a big deal to me. It's a big, huge, freaking deal to me. Huge, freaking deal to me and my family, because it matters to them too. They, they know I'm not happy doing what I'm doing. They see it on my face. They see it on my clothes. I come in. I'm covered in dirt from head to toe. I'm tired. I'm beat and sore. You know, it's not exactly a, a glamorous job. It pays the well, almost pays the bills. It, I'd have to literally have sixty plus hours a week there in order to make ends meet, and I can't get that every week. And so it's a fluctuating paycheck every week, and it and it drives. Me crazy stresses me out. I go to work, I, you know, I work a full week and I make less money than I did the week before, and it seems like I spent the same amount of time there. So um, I made the decision while I was out with COVID to put out some applications, and I got a bite. So I'm gonna I'm gonna see if I can reel that sucker in. It's a big deal, and it means a lot to me, and it means a lot to my family. So I'm gonna go for it. I am currently wearing a chef coat that I've had for probably close to 20 years. I've been wearing it, or it's been in storage, and I'm wearing it now. (sighs) Wish me luck. This is Danger Close, USA, angry, pissed-off American podcast radio. I'll be right back. Oops! Oops! from interview excited I'm looking forward to this and I hope I nail the job I really 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 do and again thank you to Anthony Hernandez for your awesome freaking blessing today dude you have no idea how much it meant to me and how much it means my family when someone can reach out and help us we've had to do it before this time, you know, total set of uh, total different set of circumstances. And, you know, we're just a struggling family like so many others in America. And I, I, I just can't tell anybody how good it feels to know that people out there actually give a shit and they don't think I'm some kind of panhandling fucking lazy bum that doesn't want to work or all that stupid stereotypical crap people throw at you when you're struggling. You know, because people think because you're struggling, you're a drug addict or a drunk or whatever. I've got five kids at home, bills up my yin yang, and I'm struggling. That's really all there is to it. There's no like special reason. I don't party. I'm 45 years old. If I were to get drunk, it would take me three days to recuperate. I'm not even kidding. I tried it once. <laughs> The last time I got drunk was on my 30th birthday. That was 15 years ago. I think everybody gets drunk on their 30th birthday. If not, I really highly recommend it. So, we all know that Ruth Bader Ginsburg is is gone and has passed. And we all know that Donald Trump's going to try to squeeze in some crazy freaking maybe Judge Jeanine Piero type person probably doesn't even have the ability to do their job And but he'll, obviously they're going to say, yes, I promise my loyalty to you Mr. President, just get me in there and I'll make sure nothing happens to you if they try to go after you, I will, I will knock it down, I, la, 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 la. you know how it's going to go you know how this works you're buying yourself a judge, it's basically all you're doing whatever And we all know Lindsey Graham and his whole thing back in 2016 that, you know, he would never allow this to happen, you know, this close to an election. And, of course, he's going back on his word. You know, I really hope there's a Republican out there that sees the danger of Donald Trump selecting the next uh, Supreme Court judge because that would just help him, nobody else. And don't I don't buy, buy into this whole thing with the abortion thing, Roe versus Wade. Yeah, they could overturn it. Yeah, that's that's definitely. But I don't think that's why Donald Trump wants to get a, a judge in there. That's what the right wants to believe. We're going to save babies. Okay. Yeah, I don't believe in abortion either. But I also believe that a man doesn't have a right to tell a woman what they can and can't do. And you know, I've been an argument to everything else. I I I don't agree to abortion. I don't. Not one bit. But I also don't think that a man has a right to tell a woman how they can live their life or what their future should be. And I also, you know, the only time I actually agree with abortion is if there's something drastically wrong with the fetus or it's going to endanger the woman's life or she was impregnated by rape or even, in a lot of cases, incest. Unfortunately, you know... Nobody else really shares that view. That supports Donald Trump. People who support Donald Trump take it as a religious um, battle that's going on. Good versus evil. The blood of infants and all this religious stuff. I'm religious. I believe in God. I just don't think that we can... At that level of pregnancy. I'm not talking about people who have abortions... Which, you know, that whole narrative is a bunch of bullshit anyways. People having abortions in their, in their ninth month. Please, maybe in a third world country. But they try to, they try to say that. I don't want to hear it, man. I, it's not true. If it was true, I'd believe you. I mean, I had an argument with a boss I had not too long ago about abortion. And he was dead set that people were allowed to have abortions up to the last trimester, of the last month of, of pregnancy. And I said, dude, I don't think that's right. He said, well, you know, so-and-so passed this law and says, I said, yeah, if there's something wrong with the baby and the doctor has to agree to it, it's, it, you know, if it's going to be born with three heads and one arm, you know, I'm not, you know, it's a little bit of an exaggeration, but that what was the reasoning for any abortion at that period in time in pregnancy. And he was like, oh, and I'm like, okay, I'm not going to argue with you, you're fucking red hat wearing fucking redneck from fucking hanging dog, North Carolina. I'm not really going to waste my time here But that was the argument And they they buy into the uh, uh, Every show, I say it Propaganda is destroying this company And the people that are peddling the propaganda Are the biggest problem in this country right now Including the president But I'm talking about people like Sean Hannity, Mark Levin You know the fucking list I don't have to go through the list, do I? I hope not I hope you have it pretty much solid in your head That these people are screwing America Jeanine Piero, Mark Levin, Sean Hannity Glenn Beck, Rush Balls, all of them. And they'll spread conspiracy theories like it's fucking butter on toast. They don't care of the outcome. They don't care who it affects. And they love nothing better than having moronic, uneducated followers listening to them and repeating the bullshit that they spew. So when my uh, boss at the time is like, oh, yeah, you're allowed to have an abortion up to nine months and blah, 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 blah. blah. You know, he didn't even bother to read the actual bill and, the re- and, and and what was stated in it. So, Ruth Bader Ginsburg's passing has opened up a can of maggots. That's all they are. McConnell? I mean, give me a fucking break, dude. Did you see him fall on the stage the other day? That was fucking great. Fucking moron can't even step up two feet. I just love how the right supports the wealthy people of this country that are doing more damage than good and then hates on the poor and the impoverished and other ethnicities that aren't able to make as much money as them. It's just its fantastic. I've got a big old truck. You know how I got this pickup truck I saved every dime I made mowing lawns when I was 13 years old? So you could drive it all the way to Portland waving the fucking Trump flag. I mean, it's, it's fucking... Uh, it's, that's a poor... Uh, analogy, but it's, it's the same difference. It really is. Anyways. Politics aside, today, I hope, when I stepped out of my house, today, when I walked out of my house and took that first step outside my door, that it was the first step in the right direction that I haven't taken in a long time. And I'm really excited about today. I'm really hoping I nail this interview. I'm very well qualified and i think i'm pretty well skilled at this job or position or qualifications are through the roof i have it all i just hope i can get my foot in the door you know i gave up i said it earlier but i gave up being a chef when i became a single parent and my mother was an artist and we shared a lot of uh Resemblance and our passion for what we did. You know, my mom was a painter and a beautiful artist, did wonderful freaking work. She passed back in 2017. And her paintings in my food, I've always had an eye for color. I've always had my mother's blood in me. I was just never, ever an oil painter or acrylics. She was a beautiful artist that did beautiful work. I can never paint like her, but my food was exceptional. And I remember her coming to Peoria, Illinois, when I was the executive sous chef at a John Q. Hammonds in East Peoria, and I was running pretty much running the establishment there. I wasn't the food and beverage director, the executive chef, but I did run the only uh, a la carte outlet they had. And um, I remember her coming in and seeing my kitchen and seeing my food. And she was well aware that I've served some pretty famous people. I met Nancy Reagan, George Bush, George Bush Sr., uh, their wives, the whole nine yards. Um, I've cooked for Zell Miller more than once, a few times actually. Not that Zell Miller is a hero of mine or anything, but he he seemed like a pretty decent guy. It's just, uh, I think he lost his mind when Democrats elected a a black man for president because that's when he dropped out of being a Democrat and went over to being a Republican. And I think a lot of people did that harbor racism. Nobody wanted a black man as president in the South. Just saying. And if they did, they didn't tell anybody. Nobody wants to talk about him. (laughs) But, you know, I've been around. I've met Dolly Parton. I've met Waylon Jennings and his family. Uh, I've cooked for a lot of people. I've got a plate signed by Travis Tritt. I'm not a country fan <laughs> It just happens to be the clientele that I had, to, I had to work with back in the day In this area, right here where I live now When I left here years ago and came back um, So I'm kind of hoping that some of the things that I have under my belt My passion, my love for this industry And everything else maybe shines through And they give me the best job possible that they have on the books Because right now they're looking for a food and beverage director And I think I would be freaking excellent at that job I love this business. I love everything about it. I love training people. I love the food. I love tasting new things, which it's been a while since I tasted anything new. Um, and I'm not like one of those. I, I am no Chef Ramsay. Don't get me wrong. I'm not a Chef Ramsay. Um, I, I could eat at a mom and pop's place any day of the week and be happy with a you know, a grilled cheese sandwich and some tomato soup. But, you know, it doesn't mean I don't care for Chateaubriand. <laughs> Just saying, you know, I, I like a nice. Uh, I like you know some really nice food. I, you know, give you some white truffle oil on some uh, romanesca and uh, grill it. And I'm I'm, I'm there. And a little salt and pepper and yum yum yum. But you know, I'm I'm laid back. And my wife, when I first met her, she was always really. My wife was extremely worried about cooking. My wife hated cooking around me. Um, I think majorly one of the major problems was because I was an executive chef. So she thought everything she made was under par and not up to my standards. And I'm like, I have high standards when I'm at work. I have high standards when I'm wearing the chef coat, but when I'm home, you can make me anything you want. As long as it's edible, I'll eat it. And I won't critique you because I know that my wife does this, not just out of pleasure. Well, because she's feeding her family and she makes of course that's not the thought process she had she thought I was judging everything and I never did every once in a while I might say something like she burnt soup okay well you know it tastes burnt to me you know she's like oh, I can't make you happy here." are such a me 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 yeah she made soup the other day and it was really good and then she went to heat it up the next day and she burnt it and I was like oh I don't want to eat that she's like why Because it tastes burnt she's like Oh god, here we go. Executive chef guy doesn't want to eat my oh, my food because it's burnt. I'm like, but it but it is burnt. It tastes horrible. <laughs> you want me to eat this? Nice car. That's a like Lamborghini Sweet. Like lamborghini's. Hmm. I guess I'll park at a gas pump. Right here right back. And, of course, to celebrate today and hopefully getting this job, I promised my wife I would make her um, one of my better dishes. So I got some beef tips thawing, and I have to stop and get... Well, let me put it this way. She's got the beef tips. I need to get the vegetables. I'm just going to do a, uh, ah, it's hard to explain. I, I I saute the meat. I I, I get them nice and, and brown, but not overly cooked. Um... Toss in uh, some mushrooms. Well, first the onions and peppers, and then I finish it with the mushrooms and then deglaze Deglaze glaze the pan with a little red wine, uh, cook it down, add some butter, um, cook it down a little more, a little salt, pepper, some seasoning. Um, but once everything's caramelized and beautiful and wonderful, I serve it over rice. It's, it's nothing really fancy. I don't know what to call it, but the way I do it, I guess my wife freaking loves it. So that's what I'm shooting for today making her a special meal to celebrate my job. (laughs) Don't you think she should make the meal for me? It might make more sense. I don't know. Uh, Be right back. The show might be a little longer than normal because I'm going to revisit, let you know how my interview went. I think some people might appreciate that. Officially certain somebody that helped me out this morning. <laughs> and I promise, uh, Anthony, I will not tell your wife about the money that you spend on other things. <laughs> I uh, I really didn't know a whole lot about Ruth Bader Ginsburg. I really didn't know a whole lot about her. I, I was... Um, not very well educated in who she was and where she came from but I, I was doing some studying last night reading a little bit um staying, trying to stay away from propaganda and all that and um she seems like a, a remarkable woman I mean and she was gorgeous when she was young oh my god what a beautiful woman um of course she, you know she got a little older like all of us we all kind of change and and get stuff like wrinkles and weird weirdness <laughs> me, I started growing bushes out of my ears. Um, Yeah, so I I was reading up on her and trying to understand, you know, exactly who she was because so many people were so upset about her passing and, you know, I wanted to understand a little more about it, uh, who she was as a person because I just knew, you know, her name and that she was a Supreme Court judge. So when I started reading more about her, and I believe it was at Harvard Law School, someone called her a bitch and she said better a bitch than a mouse <laughs> and okay, hopefully that was actually her words and not propaganda and bullshit and lies and everything else you can find on the internet but I, I thought that was pretty good come back at someone calling her a bitch yeah, I'd rather be a bitch than a mouse which means I'd rather raise my voice and, and be a bitch and, and make people mad than sit there and not do shit which is I, if you're a mouse you're a little quiet and you don't really tend to do anything that's, you know, important. Anywho, reading up on her life was a little bit of an eye opener. I was uh, surprised to to learn all the things that I learned about her. And I actually listened to a couple videos where she made some arguments and, and said some things. She was very articulate, very smart, uh, seemed to be extremely, uh, qualified, uh, overly qualified for her position and she, uh, I think she did the right thing. People called her one of America's worst liberal judges there were and I really don't see that in a lot of her renderings in in law. Uh, I didn't see her being uh, biased or non-partisan. She seemed uh, you know, be willing to help at any time uh, when it came to American law. And she was very good. Um, A lot of her rulings that I read about were things that I, I can definitely agree to. So we can say, without a doubt, she was a very honorable person. But not more than just a few hours after her death, the very party that claims to be honorable and filled with good intentions for America uh, went well out of their way to break the rules that they even set in place and it's not it's not just uh, people like Lindsey Graham that promised not to do what they're doing right now. There's other senators that promised not to do this but they want to push it through a Supreme Court judge because we're 45 days away from the election Like he should have any right to choose a judge right now Not only to mention he's impeached Not only to mention He has criminal charges being pressed against him for rape In a civil court Not Just all the stuff Everything every, The last human being on the face of this planet Allowed to pick a fucking supreme court judge And you got fucking nasty-ass Russian Mitch McConnell center gun. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, yeah, let's, let's do that. Let's break our own rules. Everything we said before in 2016 was a lie, apparently. Who knew? Who thought they would do such a thing? For fuck's sake. Just amazing, man, how people can gravitate towards people acting more like criminals than human beings. Okay, I can go buy some peppers, because they don't take credit cards at the flea market. All right. Also, if you're paying attention to the show, um, I am trying to organize a way to make money with my show. And if you would like a one-minute promo, commercial, using my wonderful, fantastic, incredibly sexy voice, I will do a promo for your your company or whatever you want uh, for the next 10 episodes for $500. And it'll be a brand new one every time I do an episode. So let's just say you own a company called... uh, Billy Bob's Lawnmower service And you want to advertise oh, I know this is far-fetched But I'm going for it And you want to advertise and get some advertisement out there I mean, I have analytics, I can tell you exactly How many listeners I get um, I can tell you that It's pretty good, I'm getting Well over two to 300 listeners a, a day I've had up to 1,200 listeners in one day Not as well as You know, some of the propagandists out there They get millions of listeners every day but my listeners are uh, better people, yeah, and uh, much more intelligent. Mm-hmm. So if you want to advertise to better, more intelligent people, you should advertise on my show. It's $500, and you get your commercial put out um, 10 times on every episode for the next 10 episodes. 500 bucks is a pretty good deal, especially there are plenty of times when I've done advertisements um, and people I mean literally you know up to I think I've had 1,300 people listen to my show within the first six hours of it being produced which is pretty fantastic now I've had low points I've had up to eight people listen to my show in one day that's not a whole lot but I mean I have the analytics to prove it so if you are interested in advertising your business and you would like to have a one minute commercial on the next 10 episodes of Danger Close USA Hit me up. Uh, Drop by Twitter. It's Danger Close underscore USA on Twitter. Uh, You know, send me a message, whatever, and uh, we'll talk about it. Oh, shit. Oops. Almost turned on the wrong road there. And I'm almost... I just got to get to the flea market. Grab some peppers and throw it in the, the trunk of the car, and then I'm going to my interview. And if you would like to donate to my show, which actually you'll be donating to my family right now, um, on Venmo, it's Jeffrey-Kaufman-USA, on uh, money, or what is it, cash app, it's uh, the dollar sign thingy, family of the number seven guy, family of seven guy. Or just hit me up on Twitter and let's have a conversation. If you if you like to donate, if you you know, I think a lot of people when they see requests for donations or help, you know, financial help, they think the people are scamming, and they have every right to think that because there are plenty of people out there that do scam. Um, but that's not my forte. That's not what I'm doing. That's not what I'm trying to do. What I'm trying to do is get some help for my family. And um, every dime I get will go straight towards paying my bills or putting gas in the car. Um, you know, we don't. I won't even spend the money on cigarettes because I don't need to. I'm just trying to get help, you know? And I've gone to the church and we we go to church and our church was like, you know, we really wish we could. We were so involved with helping other families. We'll we'll put you on the list, but you know, it'll be a while before we can get to you. And I'm like, okay. I filed for unemployment, have not heard back from them. I have no idea what I'm supposed to do. never had to file for unemployment before. I don't even know what the fuck it means to have an I've always worked every day of my life, so it's kind of funny to me. It's like, unemployment, what the fuck is that? How do, how do people, I don't even know how you got unemployment until I got COVID. And then I was like, oh, so this is what unemployment is supposed to be about. I'll be right back. I guess I have to pass through security on my way into the facility. A little nervous. I watched some uh, Rocky movies last night, and I happened to catch... uh, We watched uh, the two Creed movies. I love Creed. Um, Michael B. Jordan is a great actor. But uh, we watched the last two of the Rockies, Balboa and the one before I think it was the one with Tommy Um, and then we watched the last two Creeds Or the first two Creeds I really hope That they continue The Creed story And do a third Maybe a fourth and a fifth I think it'd be really cool Um, the first Rocky I really loved the first Rocky uh, the acting in it and everything was just phenomenal and really good story so I you know I kind of hope that they do this thing with Creed because the first Creed's a pretty good Creed I mean, it's, <laughs> it's a really good story and I like it so I'm, I'm looking forward to hopefully maybe them coming out with a few more Creed's ugh alright I'm just going to go ahead and do this right now I'm almost there I'm going to be pulling up into the casino parking lot In just another minute or two So what I'm going to do is I'm going to stop my show right here And those of you that actually care Uh, stay tuned Of course, you know, it's just a quick little 10 second break Or whatever you want to call it And I'll come back and let you know How my interview went And then I'll publish the podcast Um So, wish me luck. (laughs) I wish this was live, but uh, it's not. So, uh, you know, when you hear this, wish me luck anyways. I appreciate it. Uh, This is Danger Close USA. Angry, pissed off American podcast radio. Your host, Jeff Kaufman. I'll be back. Well, the interview went, the interview went well. Uh, it was short and brief, though. Not a whole room, a lot of room for talking or or anything. Uh, it was just short and brief and um, I guess precise would be the word. I um, was expecting a little bit more, but uh, it was... Uh, it was a professional, quick, sit-down interview. And it went well, but we'll see what happens. Um, a lot of times in this industry, it's very cutthroat. It really is. Um, if you walk into a, an establishment and you're someone like me and you have an incredible amount of experience... Um, A really good skill set And just overall awesome Some people take that As a threat to their own job I've been through it many a times uh, Where you go to sit down for an interview And the person interviewing you is more concerned about the fact That you could probably take their job Than they are trying to give you a job And it's kind of a little bit of what I was feeling there during this interview. They had their executive chef there. Um, And I I just kind of got the feeling that, yeah, uh, I probably fit the bill. But I'm probably more of a threat to this other person that I am applicable, if that makes any sense. Because I could tell uh, pretty quickly that she was a little apprehensive towards me. Um, She went through my resume and she was like circling things. And, you know, I'm going to guess, judging by what I was seeing and observing, that I was more of a threat to her applying for a cook position than I was, you know, applying for an executive chef or food director Food and beverage director. So we'll see what happens. I'm hoping uh, that they see... I'm hoping that they notice that my value is a lot more um, than a cook position. Because I'm not a cook. I'm hoping... And I'm going to go on their website when I get home and um, browse through their catalog. And see if my skills are applicable towards other positions above what they were trying to get me to apply for. Which a cook 2 position or a senior cook you know, those are fine you know, it'll get my foot in the door and that's really what I want but I really would like to be considered for something a little more appropriate to my skill level and experience so we'll see what happens fingers crossed we'll see what happens but at least I made it to my interview and I'm heading home and I still have gas in my car which is like, yeah! It's a big deal to me. These next few weeks are going to be really tough for me and my family. Because we're so far behind. And I'm really worried about... I'm not so much worried about the rent. Because my landlord... I mean, I've been renting from this lady for eight years. I can only think of a handful of times we were ever late. And if we were late, it was just a couple of... You know, a day or two. Or, or right stuck between a paycheck. And I'm sure you can understand how that might go. Because, you, you know... You get paid once a week and, uh, you know, payday might, or, uh, rent might be due on a Monday and you don't get paid till Thursday. And that's usually how we pay our rents on the paycheck that was closest to the rent day. So we're still, we're still pretty good behind on bills. And so that brings me to this thing too, as well. If you would like to donate to help my family, that would be great. Um, it's Jeffrey Kaufman USA on Venmo. I hope I'm saying that right. It's a uh, family of seven guy on Cash App. That's family of seven, number seven guy. So family of the number seven guy, family of seven guy on Cash App. And um, if you'd like to donate straight to my PayPal, it's Rusty Iron Johnson at gmail.com. That's rustyironjohnson. J-O-H-N-S-O-N, J O H N S O N Rusty Iron Johnson, at Gmail for my PayPal if you'd like to donate on PayPal. Any donation, even 5 bucks, would be greatly appreciated because right now we are stuck between paychecks. And this next paycheck is only going to be for a couple days. And then the next paycheck will be for finally a full week. And we have to pay our rent. We have to pay our electric bill. I don't want to go through this. And I'm reaching out for help because really, honestly, I don't have the resources where I live to reach out for help from other areas. So if you can help and you'd like to make a donation, you know, donate to any one of those things I mentioned. Or you can just contact me on Twitter if you have Twitter at Danger Close, all one word, Danger Close underscore USA. That's Danger Close underscore USA on Twitter. And uh, get in touch with me. You know, if you would like to sit down or have a chat, whatever, that'd be great. I'm a hardworking, blue-collar American. I trying to get back into the culinary world it's been since pretty much 2008 I've had a couple chef jobs in between but nothing really to shake a stick at I appreciate you tuning in again uh, Anthony Hernandez thank you so much for your help brother you have no idea how much I appreciate it um, you know I, I, I don't like asking for help I don't think anybody really likes to ask for help um, to see that there's goodness in this world it just, it uh, it made my day. Again, have a great day, America. Enjoy your Sunday. Thanks for tuning in to Danger Close USA. I greatly appreciate it. This was your host, Jeff Kaufman. Be good to each other out there. God bless America. Who And don't forget, share me on your favorite social media. I'm out of here. Thanks again, Anthony.